You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. Hostie with the wedding mostie, Alicia here. Thank you for joining me on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Q&A episode. Today, so many things to cover. I am going to be talking about getting married in a private house. What are the do's and don'ts of doing that? A lovely listener question. Also, cash bars and booze. So many people find this to be a topic that's, uh, people have a lot of different opinions about alcohol, who pays for it at weddings. I've got my personal opinions, of course. Are you surprised? I doubt it. Also, we go talking dancing at weddings. My favorite thing to do at weddings is to kick off those uncomfortable shoes and get my boogie on. And even just saying get my boogie on makes me sound like the most naff, we would say in Australia, daggy, old nana lady. But I really rock out. Uh, I was going to say with my cock out. I, ha- I am cock free. But I rock out and really enjoy and let my hair down and get sweaty, even at our own wedding. And I will talk about this later. I just kicked off my shoes and went a bit nuts. It was such a highlight. My absolute favorite thing. Before I get to the Q&A, I have to share this with you because I need to tell someone. I just came home from work and I was catching the tube, which is the underground railway system here where everyone is angry. It's very deep down underneath the earth. It feels wrong. You're on an escalator going deep, 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 deep down. Everyone is in a hurry and everyone is more important than you. That is what you must remember when you visit the tube in London. If you come here on holidays to London, Please note, people do seem aggressive and angry. They probably are a lot of the time. For a country that invented manners, many people don't actually use them. Gosh, someone's got out on the wrong side of the bed today, haven't they? But I witnessed something. I was getting off the tube in peak hour and I saw you've got a very limited time to get on and off that train before they shut the doors and move on. I saw a mum running towards the open doors trailing along, I don't know, a six or a seven-year-old and a dad and their other kid who's probably about the same age and they were running for this tube. Now, okay, I feel like they were tourists because tubes run every two to three minutes. If you don't make it, it's fine. You just line up and you get on again. But this mum was going to make it. She ran and she pulled this poor kid in the door and then I heard the and the door started to shut and you see her, now she hesitated. This is where it all went wrong. And this is why I feel like she's a tourist because a London mum would just yank that kid in there. But this mum took that precious couple of seconds to look and consider and then decide to yank the kid in. Whereas the door shut and the child got trapped halfway in. It, this is awful. I'm not laughing about this or telling this is a fun, well I am. It's sort of funny. But it happened just as I was walking out. And I felt like Superman because I jumped in and I prized, prized, prized the door open. And this kid was, like, I felt really sorry for this kid because his little body was half in and out of the tube. And we're like, is this, are they going to keep, is the tube going to start? This could be grim. And we prized the door open. But then the mum was also prizing the door open. And instead of stepping off the train, she held the door open so the dad and the other kid could get in. Jeepers creepers. So this is, has a point. My point is just take it easy. The next train will be there in a couple of minutes. And we always spend our lives being in a rush. 
I know living in a city, everyone has somewhere to be, but those precious couple of seconds really won't make a difference. If you're driving a car, if you're running for a bus, unless another bus doesn't come for another half a minute, then what, half an hour, then just run, run for the bus. You're going to make it. But otherwise, my message for you today, if you can take anything away from the podcast, is don't drag your kid into the train, for firstly. Secondly, life is pretty precious in the sense that, you know, stuff happens if you miss the train, if something doesn't happen, if you don't make that red light or whatever, well, who cares? Seriously, who cares? There it is, my story for you. All right, look, enough of this. Let's head to the Q&A. Got lots of business to, business to see to, weddings to plan, problems to solve. First question of the day comes from a lovely listener called Tylene. I love your name, Tylene. Great name. She says, okay, I have a question. Good. This is what this episode's all about. You said you were married in a house. It was so beautiful, by the way. I checked it out on Pinterest. Lol. Thank you. (laughs) Was it a house that normally does weddings? My fiance and I are thinking about renting a vacation house in McCall, Idaho, and having the wedding in the backyard. What hoops would we have to jump through to do that? I'm almost tempted not to mention the word wedding when booking the house. I just thought you might have some insight from your experience. Now, Tylene, correct. I have plenty of insight to share with you. And I love talking about this topic because I'm a big fan of unconventional wedding venues. Now, you you bring up a couple of points, and I'm sure a lot of people listening are in the same situation as you in the sense that they are trying to perhaps take a bit of a, a step outside the unconventional. Now, what are some of the reasons that you would be looking to rent a private house or property? For one, perhaps you have a caterer that you would like to bring in. Perhaps you would like to bring your own alcohol. That is pretty handy. Perhaps like us, you wanted to make a bit of a weekend of it. And it happened to be that the venue that we found was a private house that slept 16 people. Now, it didn't have 16 rooms. It was 16 people sleeping in sort of... uh, (laughs) There was some floor sleeping. Not trashy. But, you know, we were creative with the 16 beds. But... It was really important to us. We had a lot of people from out of town and to be able to share that with them and also have a bit of time to prepare because we were doing a lot of the planning and preparing ourselves. It really helped to have those extra hands. Now, if you are looking for private homes, you are funny enough. When I received Tylene's question, I actually contacted Airbnb and asked them about their advice when it comes to approaching their property listings or listees about holding your wedding at properties. Because when you spend a bit of time on Airbnb, especially, which I do, I love like property porn is my favorite thing. Forget real porn. I like looking at houses. (laughs) You know, each horse is for courses. That's what we say. But There are so many incredible properties being listed worldwide on websites like Airbnb. You'd be crazy not to even have a little look and consider some of them. When I'm saying crazy properties, I'm talking about, um, and I'm reading this. So I I wrote to Airbnb and I had a lovely lady called Holly Clark. She's the acting, acting country manager for Airbnb UK. She wrote back to me and she says, there is stunning properties 
give future couples the chance to live out their fairy tale weddings and discover unforgettably unique, spectacular destinations for weddings, proposals, and honeymoons. Good. She says the options are endless, a secluded private island, a castle in Tuscany, or an oasis in the Malibu Wine Trail. Now, she sent me links to all these. I will add them to the show notes. I'm, I kid you not, you must visit savethedatepodcast.com just to have a look at some of these crazy places. Now, when she says a castle in Tuscany, this is not... This is not going to put you out of pocket millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Kim, Kim and Kanye or bloody Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. Hey, that was a blast from the past. Didn't work out too well. But, you know, they hired a castle in Tuscany, I do believe. Uh, and it's not going to keep you, you know, spending millions and millions of dollars to do this. But it is important. You do say, Tylene, should I disclose if we're having a wedding? Now, I really strongly believe more for your purposes and for saving you and covering your bot bot that you must disclose you are going to be having some sort of event, whether it's a wedding or a party. I don't think that really matters because like we remember a couple of weeks ago, I did the interview with the wonderful wedding lawyer, Christy Aslan. You know, she was always saying, be honest and open get things in writing because if stuff goes wrong, then you have a system in place to get your money back or have the problem solved. So if you go into this transaction and not disclose a quite important piece of information when it comes to that, I think potentially you could be risking well, look, it could be risky if shit goes wrong. I don't think it'll go wrong, but you don't want the owner turning up halfway through your wedding going, what are you doing here? I didn't say you could have a wedding here. Shut this shit down. I mean, they'd be a jerk if they're saying that, but also I think you owe them the honesty. Now, saying that, uh, going on back to my conversation that I had with Holly from Airbnb, she also suggested to do research when it comes to hiring a private home. And I totally agree with her in that you need to ask some key questions about the facilities that are on offer at a venue, such as are there enough bathrooms? If there's just one toilet for 140 people, well, it's not going to end well. <laughs> our place, just to go back to what we did, our place had two toilets and to be honest, there were lines and we only had 47 people. But at one stage, there were a couple of lines. You have a couple of champagnes. You know, I hate to say it. People say you break the seal. You need to go pees a lot. So that's what happens. Also, when you're asking about a venue, what is the what is the kitchen situation like? If you are bringing in a private caterer, they're going to perhaps want to inspect the property to see what sort of kitchen facilities that they have on offer. And if not, again, in our situation, our caterer had catered um, numerous events at this private property that we hired, and they knew that they had pretty much had to bring their own kitchen, which was fine because they bought some portable ovens and stoves. It was amazing, actually, watching these people pop up a whole kitchen within a space of about an hour. They bought in a big portable fridge on the back of a behind a car. What do we call that? They towed it in <laughs> and we stored all the alcohol in there. That was dropped off the evening before, very well organized. 
and uh, they just needed to make sure that we had access to the kitchen so they could run some water so that they could do um, not necessarily washing up but they had water to cook with and make it all happen. So this is sort of basic stuff that a lot of people become enamored with a warehouse or somewhere really grungy and cool but then it actually ends up costing them a lot more money because their caterer and wedding planner and all the other vendors have to come in and sort of recreate what people generally have in a function center or a hotel, all the facilities and the pleasures of getting married in one of those places where it's all set up needs to be recreated. Now, there are heaps of ways to get around this. I'm not discouraging you at all, Tylene, because we did it and we loved it. It was just a bit more work and a bit more physical work in organizing this. If you have a wedding planner that's wanting to uh, get involved in this sort of, or that is involved, I would hope to say, in this sort of wedding planning, they might have, hopefully, a list of people and vendors that are able to come in and set it all up and give you quotes for getting it all happening and you won't have to do anything. But if you are taking on the organization of the wedding like we were, just have to think about all the practical parts of planning a wedding and all of the extra things you might need when it comes to making sure that the facilities are correct and your guests will be comfortable and you'll be comfortable and all of your bases are loaded. Look at that. A sporting terminology, a sporting sort of cliche just chucked in for you. So if you are looking to hire a private house, make a checklist Go on to Airbnb. There are also a couple of other fantastic websites I'll recommend to you. One is called The Hitch. The Hitch lists venues all over the world, predominantly in the US though. A lot of very good detail um, listings. And what's fabulous is uh, in The Hitch and also Woman Getting Married. Can I not forget that? Woman Getting Married um, is, is also a fantastic venue searching website where they are provide you with inspiration for the mood, the theme, and the type of wedding you're after, and also give you an approximate cost of each venue per guest, if you want to do that, and per reception type. So perhaps you're looking at a big country manor, a private manor, that does occasionally open its doors for weddings, and they might be able to provide you with a cocktail function. Or perhaps you're after a sit-down meal, which of course will probably cost you more money than a cocktail casual situation. So if you are looking to be able to sort of get a bit of an idea about budget and how much it would cost, there are two websites I'd highly recommend. And if you'd like to go back, episode 30 is where I interviewed the wonderful Lindsay from Woman Getting Married. And if you visit womangettingmarried.com, when you visit the website, you'll see that there are heaps of reviews. It's very thorough and gorgeous photography as well. It's, it's a pleasure to look at and visit. So pop back. That's episode 30. If you are slightly confused as to how to access, I did explain this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to keep explaining it. I'm not going to apologize because we're all new to technology. Things change. If you want to go back and find previous episodes of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, we are well into the 70s now. Um, to get back to episode 30, if you are on an iPhone, all you need to do is if you're in the app, go to the little feed. You'll see uh, when you're in the application uh, you'll see feed and you'll be able to scroll through all of the past episodes and download at will. Maybe you want to start right back at the beginning. I get so many messages 
from listeners saying, oh, I found the I found the podcast and then I popped right back to episode one. So I very much appreciate it. you sending me messages like that because it's charming. It really is and it floats my boat. So I hope, Tylene, that gives you a little bit of information about hiring a private house. I say go get them. If you have found somewhere that you can visualize your big day that totally suits you, which the way you wrote that email, it absolutely sounds like you have found the place. It's it's best to just be honest, be open, be transparent, and make sure that the venue can provide exactly what you're after. And if they can't, you know, find solutions. Get a wedding planner that knows how to pop on a gig at a private house that can think laterally and hopefully you will have an amazing time. Not hopefully, you will. Let me know what you decide to do. I'm always interested in following up my lovely Q&A stories and questions. Should we have another question? Let's just do it straight after this. So many PT weirdos. I was talking to my mother-in-law the other day and uh, I said, oh, getting on the PT is so annoying. PT? What is this PT you keep talking about? Public transport. Get with the progue. Get with the progue. Now, let's get with the progue. What am I, 17? Crikey, how do you put up with me? That's the question. Rachel asks a very good question. She says, uh, she she emailed me via savethedatepodcast.com. She says, I love, love, love your podcast. Three loves. How's that? Pretty happy with that. It makes me feel like my wedding will be great, even though I'm spending 7000 and not 50000 Hang on a second. <laughs> Rachel, thank you. If only everyone said that, honestly. Jesus Christ, $50,000. If you're spending that, well, fine. I'm not going to diss you, because if you've got $50,000 to spend on a wedding, I just hope you can afford that. Do you know what I mean? It's different between having having the fifty thousand and uh, and affording it, if that makes sense. I digress. I am in New Zealand. A few more shout outs for New Zealanders, please. Well, hello, my beautiful and my Antipodean. I can never say that word. I was going to smash that word. Antipodean friends and my South African listeners. I know I have a few. It is a second wedding for both of us. We are planning to ask that rather than gifts, our guests buy a bottle of wine to share with the table. We are paying for the meal and bubbles with the ceremony. All our other drinks, we will pay, uh, it will be pay your own. We plan to put the request to buy a bottle of wine on the night rather than gifts in the info card in our invites. According to US websites, this is the height of rudeness both to say it in the invite and not to provide all of the drinks. But New Zealanders, well, in New Zealand, it is more relaxed. Love to hear what you think. Thank you, Rachel. Now, listen to me, Rachel. You listen to me, right? Have I got your attention? You don't worry about what they're saying on the US websites. You're not getting married in USA. You're getting married in the New Zealand. <laughs> that was my little bit of Kath and Kim from my Aussie uh, and <laughs> English and New Zealand listeners. I really think this is a great idea and you are working with your budget, you're working with your circumstances and also, I mean, how fabulous is it for people to bring along a bottle of wine that's meaningful to them, especially in New Zealand, who make some of the most amaze wine out there and share it with the table. I think this is not rude at all. I think it's a fabulous idea. It means you don't have to provide 
uh, well, perhaps booze that's budget booze that might be shit. I'm not saying that everyone has to serve verve and a moet or moe or moe, however you want to say it. Gosh, so many arguments over the pronunciation of that champagne. Uh, but perhaps by asking people to contribute the bottle, it's a really nice way to get people to connect and have a chat. Where did your wine come from? Which one did you bring? And also, I'm guessing you might have a couple of bottles left over at the end of the night and you can perhaps add them to a cellar. And if this is a suggestion, and this is sort of jumping off from something that we've talked about before, and that's a cellar party, which I love. And my friend Kath and Anth had one uh, before their wedding where they asked people, instead of coming along for a rehearsal dinner, they asked everyone to pop along to a barbecue at their home and then bring along a bottle of wine to drink on the night or share with people, and then also a bottle of wine that they could cellar and share with the guests in the future, which is a fabo idea. And as you walked in the door, they were you were given a little sticky card or a little gift tag, and you could write your message on it. And then they kept the wine. <laughs> I think mostly they kept the wine to share with guests in the future so they could have a dinner and say, come around and share this bottle of rosé with us on a lovely warm night. Or if the people were overseas, they could, they could write a little message and say, we had this bottle of champagne on our first anniversary and we cheersed to our relationship and our wonderful friendship with you. So hopefully you could add a little extra bit of love to that. And if people aren't going to be drinking all of the wine on the night, Rachel, perhaps you could provide some little tags. And if there are leftover wine bottles at the end of the evening, you could get them to write on the tags and perhaps do that, share Share your memories, share a toast, share some lovely wine, some vino. In episode 65 of the Save the Date Wedding podcast, I had a lovely lady called Cheryl on. Uh, she's from uh, yourweddingregistry.com and she said she, she deals in etiquette. And the episode was titled New Wedding Etiquette. And that really is based around the foundations of we are all bringing our own customs and traditions and etiquette rules and all this sort of stuff to our individual celebrations. And not everyone, well, I mean, it would be so boring if we all stick to the same rules in so many facets of life. So Rachel, I think this is a spiffy idea to get your guests to help you out so you don't have to be in a financial bind. And it's a nice way for everyone to chat and communicate and bond. I think it's amazing. Thank you for that suggestion. I think you're doing a fabulous job. Don't be listening to any sort of website that says, meh, 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 do what you want to do. Follow your heart and your bank balance. Well, I am cracking through the questions. One more question I have for you from the lovely Marie. And the subject line was first dance. And she says, Alicia, firstly, I just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying listening to the podcast since getting engaged. I think I've actually listened to every episode you've made. No way. I've picked up loads of great hints and tips so far. My partner and I have a bit of a dilemma, which I'd love to hear your opinion on. We aren't dancers or dancers, whichever you want to say. If you want to be posh, it could be dancers or dancers. It's just not something we do. The whole idea of a first dance just makes us cringe a bit because it is so not us. Music is a huge part of our lives as we are both musicians 
We've actually played a number... Oh, wow, this is great. We've actually played at a number of weddings and functions as an acoustic duo. Oh, my God, I die. I love you guys. He has suggested that we maybe perform a song together rather than doing a dance. That way, we could still get to have our first song, but don't have to go through the motions just because it is expected of us. Bung, 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 bung. It's my, my bell noise. You've just hit it on the head. I'm a little unsure. I feel that it might be a little too showy. Oh, my God. I kind of just want to scrap the whole part of it and go straight to the evening party. I'd love to know your thoughts. Love, Marie. Marie, you're amazing, firstly. You, as I said in ringing my fake bells just then, it's exactly what you need to do, exactly what I've just saying to Rachel. You've got to follow your desires and your wants for the evening, not what everyone else wants. Rich and I did a dance to a Mel Torme song and we had, didn't practice it. We just thought, all right, let's, let's really not do a, some sort of big showy YouTube style 50 years of dance practice bullshit, whatever. I mean, it's not bullshit. It's fun, but not everyone has the time to do it or the wants as we all know. So we just did a bit of, uh, I don't know, a bit of sort of Pulp Fiction style twisting and then five seconds in invited everyone else to come on board. It was great to get the dancing started, but there was no pressure to do anything pre-choreographed. I greatly admire people that go to dance classes secretly and then surprise everyone with the dance. I don't know if that's been done a lot now. No judgment. I enjoy it. I enjoy watching people with skills. Marie, I think your future husband's suggestion of the acoustic duo session is gorgeous. If you have these skills, if you can play an instrument and sing, I say share it. I'm not saying doing some sort of David Brent, The Office style, 40 minute, you know, concert. Do a song, do something that's meaningful. Maybe you've got a cover, maybe you have an original that means something to you in your relationship. Bloody hell, show it off that there is nothing more, uh, I would say, wonderful than seeing a couple that have a skill or a hobby or something amazing together and they share that, which you genuinely do. Get up and smash it out of the park. So my vote for you is that you do the song, don't go crazy, maybe don't tell anyone, do it as a surprise. I love those moments when no one's expecting it and you pop up and built out a number. Maybe you don't sing. Maybe you play the guitar. I don't know. But I guarantee people will be delighted and thrilled to see you do that and share your amazing skills and abilities and doing it together. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh, I'm so excited. What a great episode, if I do say so myself. Am I allowed to say that? I just mean three top questions, three very different topics if you would prefer to ask me a question verbally, that sounds a little bit more serious than I meant it to. If you want to ask me a question, want to record it, no pressure here, but I have this new fandangle on the savethedatepodcast.com website. It's in the top right-hand corner, and it's a thing called SpeakPipe. It's a fantastic idea, and I've heard other podcasters use it, and I thought, I can't not have a go at it. So... Basically, you can record on your iPhone, you can record via your desktop as long as your computer has a built-in microphone. I mean, if you use Skype, you can use this thing. You hit the button and you can record a gorgeous little message and a Q&A question and I will play it on the show. I would be delighted if you partook 
in that because it's really nice to hear your voices and hear the tone. Sometimes, you know, you read an email and you want to know more information. So I uh, am very keen to be featuring that on the show in the upcoming episodes. Please get on board, support it. If you know someone that would be delighted to hear the Save the Date Wedding podcast, can I ask you a favor? Can you share it with them? Maybe a Facebook post or a tweet. Maybe you know someone that's engaged or struggling with wedding planning or enjoying wedding planning. It doesn't have to be a struggle, as we all know. But it would really mean a lot to me if you can share it with someone today, write a little comment or review, because you are the people that help me spread the word. It's like when a friend recommends a restaurant. You sort of trust them. I mean, there are friends, I have to be honest, there are friends that have really crappy taste in food and I've gone and I'm like, I'm never going to hear, I'm never going to go to one of the restaurants you recommend again. However, there are lots of friends where word of mouth, you know, you trust them. So by recommending the podcast and my guide to getting hitched, the free book that I give away for joining my lovely newsletter, I think it would mean a lot for them to hear it from you. That's all I'm saying. Hit me up for future episodes of the Save the Date Winning podcast uh, with Q&A questions. If you have something to report back to me, do that. Share photos. The Facebook page is really kicking off. I love people having conversations that I'm not even involved in. I'm fine with that. I love, love, love seeing that happening. It's a real lovely little community. So uh, join it. Get involved. Share the love. Until next week. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.